Blog Talk Radio. What's up, family? Sorry about the the situation we had before, technical difficulties. Again, we're going to move beyond that because we got to stay fast in our mission. Today's topic is steadfast. Steadfast is firmly fixed in place, immovable. Now, that has quite a few um, benefits to it. Financially, I mean, it's faithful in our priorities and situation. So do our passion for unnecessary spending. The social benefits, we oftentimes hear, once we get a conviction, pay our debt to society, that we're faithful to the excuse that the white man holding me down, that there is nothing you can do because you have this conviction. And that's not true. In modern time, it simply means no surrender, not necessarily um, to someone, to whatever situation coming before you. Don't give up. Biblically, it comes Second Peter uh, 1, verse 5 through 7. As soon as we have pastor on, he's going to be able to uh, touch on that a little bit more. Second um, Peter Reads For this very reason Make every effort to add your faith Goodness and goodness Knowledge And to know knowledge Self-control and to self-control Perseverance and to perseverance Godliness And to godliness Mutual affection Mutual affection Love For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them in their nearsight and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. We have a caller. Hello. Hey, this is Monica. Hey, Monica. How are you? Good, you? Well, thank you. What, um, I'm sorry, I got in a little late. What was the topic and what what chapter were you reading from in Second Peter? Second Peter 1, um, 5 through 8. Okay. It's simply about being yeah. steadfast. Whichever situation comes your way, don't waver. Be true to whatever the mission is because God has a plan for you. And sometimes you're being tested. And the moment that you waver or give up, that's when that blessing stops right there. Carrie, you have some enlightenment for us? <clears throat> yeah, I, I <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. I definitely. Uh, agree with that, you know, and just to connect on a on a more personal level, it's you know, you when God puts you in a situation and like you said, you you give up, that's just when, you know, the the blessing you kinda of stop the blessing and its process. 
Um, but he doesn't stop you. You he puts you in another situation to test your faith yet again, and um, you keep being presented in life with situations that he's expecting you to push through and persevere. Um, And then it's kind of once you do in that one instance, the next situation, they don't get any easier, but you have that endurance. You build up an endurance to kind of keep moving forward with his plan. So, yeah, I That's absolutely understand where you're coming from on that. That's very true. We have Pastor on the line. Pastor, welcome. Hello. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. Hello, I am here. Our subject matter tonight is steadfast. Mm-hmm. And we read from Second Peter 1, 5 through 7 through 8, I'm sorry. Right. It's a good verse, a very, very good verse. And um, unfortunately, when you um, start talking about being steadfast, very few of us are, you know. Um, Steadfast means you're going to stand on what you know regardless uh, to the situation, the circumstance, the opportunity. And the one thing that will pull, you know, pull us out of – you know, our beliefs or our faith, you know, oftentimes it's just temptation. You know, it's not something that, you know, it's not like some mean person come yank you out. You know, it's something that you see over there that you want to try, something you want to do, something that, you know, you can get tired and and, and give up. You can uh, be tempted and give up. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot, you know, uh, being steadfast, and usually you can't have that word steadfast without the word immovable, which means I'm going to stand regardless. I don't care how dark it gets. I don't care how painful it gets. I got to I gotta make a stand. I got to stand on what I believe, and um, regardless of anybody else's opinion on it, I can respect their opinion, but I got to stand on what I believe, and, um, you know, um, if we can do that, we would have a, a tremendous amount of not only success, but people will respect you if you if you'll stand, you know. And there are some people that will will stand. Now you can work both ways. Now, please understand. And I'm, you know, um, there are people in the state that I live in. Um, it's not as prevalent as it used to be, but the Klan they're very steadfast. You can't tell them that what they're doing and saying and the way that they treat others is not wrong. They're steadfast in that. So it's possible to be steadfast, you know, in the wrong manner. They need to change. But when you know you're right, that's what steadfast really, I think, um, means. And uh, uh, and I'll give you all an example uh, just to show you. Uh, this past weekend, obviously, was uh, the Super Bowl and, and all of that. And I read several articles, and it was talking about the money that was spent on everything from avocados to pretzels, just all types of things. And one of the things that caught my eye was the fact that inside of Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, 
uh, there's a restaurant there called Chick-fil-A. And even though the Super Bowl is there, even though they got a restaurant inside of the stadium where the Super Bowl was being held, yet and still their policy was since 1946, we will not be open on Sundays. Now, that's being steadfast because here you go. You got a chance to make uh, a tremendous amount of money. I'll just throw a figure out. This is not verified, but let's just say you got a chance to make a minimum of 3 to $5 million in one day, one day. But yet and still, instead of trying to make that money, you stood on what you believe. You stood on what you were, were, were founded on. And you said, regardless of what they say, regardless of what how big this event is, we will not be open on Sundays. And I wonder if there are people listening right now that said, if I had the same or that same opportunity, you know what, I'd have to crack them doors because I'm not missing that money. That's what steadfast is all about. No temptation, uh, no amount of money, no celebrity, none of that. None of that is going to make me move, you know, and we've got to be steadfast, you know, like Chick-fil-A. And we got to do it in our marriage. We've got to do it on the job. we got to stop selling out. And so um, I guess I'm taking over this call, and I don't mean to do that, but um, – Unfortunately, that's where we are, y'all. Take your time. <laughs> that's where that's where we are, man. It it, it gets, you know, it, it's sickening to see somebody, you know, you know, you know your foundation, and then all of a sudden you decide to change all because that's what the world calls for. And I'm getting ready to mess up y'all's head right now, and somebody probably gonna get very upset at me, but um, I know a lot of quote, unquote, I'll say it like that, black women that I've, I've discussed this with. It was, it was in a single class, and they were very, very upset because they said every time, uh, and this is the way that they said it, every time a black man gets some money or a little celebrity status, they were raised by a black woman and dated black women and impregnated black women. But when they get up there on that big stage, they're going to marry a white woman. Uh-oh. That's another thing of being being steadfast. So um, I'm going to shut up and listen to y'all now because that opened up a whole other can of worms. Well, I think that um, steadfast also is parallel to your integrity. Yes. You know, it's willing to compromise your integrity. Regardless of, of the status, those, those gentlemen who choose to marry white women were already – engaged with white women and they saw that <laughs> there's there's no drama or there's no attitude or there's no whatever but regardless of the the, the hue of your skin the mentality is still there you're gonna it's gonna be drama it's gonna be headache it's gonna be mouthiness it's gonna be it's just gonna be so are you not strong enough or man enough to Endure, or is it one of those things that, you know, white women are more docile or what have you, or doting? It, it's, it, it's you. You have a choice to do what you want to do. Now, if you had a conversation at the beginning and she's not with it, then you move to the next and to the next until you find that compatible match that 
you feel as though is going to make you happy. That has nothing to do with the hue of someone's skin. I think, too, it's, um, you know, when you talk about that, it's it's um, kind of a multifold situation where as, as black women, um, I know I, I was brought up, um, and, and probably most of us are brought up to be strong, independent women. We are expected and taught to make it happen, not necessarily taught that, you know, you don't need a man, but it's instilled or it's kind of an unspoken to where you can you can take care of yourself. You know, you don't, it's, it's not, we're not actually taught how to be wives and be submissive in the household. Um, and I don't, I don't know why that is, but I don't feel like I was actually taught that. I mean, I've seen it in my grandparents. So I had an example, um, but in conversations with my dad, you know, it's get out, work, you know, take care of yourself. You do this, you do that. Know how to get your oil changed, know how to get tires changed, et cetera, et cetera. And so that instilled in me uh, a certain type of independence and a, a almost attitude, so to speak, to where, you know, I don't need you to do it. I can do that myself. And so when it comes to, you know, relationships, we are so used to being independent and functioning in a single life that, you know, it, it honestly kind of turns off. I'm not even going to say just a black man. It only turns off a man. Um, you know, I talked to Michael, and, you know, my son, he is, is in middle school, and he is in a school where majority whites and a few girls, black girls here and there, but um, he and I have conversations, and he says, well, why do black girls always have attitudes? You know, they don't, you know, they 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 talk to me or if I speak to them, you know, they they roll their eyes and, you know, and I, I don't know. You know, the white girls are friendly. You know, they go out to, you know, movies on the weekends and hang out and stuff, and, you know, black girls just don't do that. You know, so I don't know what is it. That that we're doing and teaching our black girls, you know, how to be independent, or if we're going too far, I don't know what it is. Well, I think that you know, television plays a huge role in programming. We see black women on television with the attitudes and and all this here, and that's for the show. No one is able to separate reality from reality TV reality entertainment mm-hmm. television. So it's one of those things where you gotta have you have to have that conversation before you get married or during the marriage and lay it down. I know my wife, she's strong. She can't handle I'm sorry, no average dude can handle her because she will bitch him. So you got to have somebody who's strong enough to be able to handle that, who's man enough, for lack of better terminology, to, to handle that, to take the lead, to take the role, to say, hey, 
Nah, you're not getting your oil changed. Or nah, you're not washing the car. Or nah, don't touch that doorknob. Because as a man, that's what I do. And no, don't open no door for me. No woman is going to open the door for me. Now, you can call that stubborn. You can call it what you want. But I'm steadfast in my belief, and my integrity is going to remain intact when it comes to these beliefs and these principles. And these are the same ones that I teach my son. So as far as the attitude, these these young girls are picking up what they see their mom do. And their mom thinking that it's cute because this is what she see on television. This is what's getting the attention of said guy. And that's only because he's intrigued for the moment or the other side of the same coin, he's looking at her like, you know, she's ratchet or hood brat or what have you. You know what I mean? So we kind of got to understand both dynamics. But regardless of which, don't waver from, from your belief or your teaching or your principles. You know what I mean? I see I I see your point and I, I'm I'm with you. But, you know, here we are where, you know, Pastor has has just mentioned, you know, the black men who when they make it, they they end up marrying the white woman. You see what I'm saying? So when it comes to being so when it comes to being steadfast in who you are um, like you gotta have a you gotta have a balance, and like he said earlier, kind of be steadfast on the right side of things. Because when it comes to uh, marriage or or relationships, you know you can be steadfast in your integrity and who you are, and be a strong woman, and not bite your man's head off when he opens the door for you. I can get the door myself. I don't need you to open the door. Like you don't. You can still be a strong woman and have your husband or your boyfriend or your significant other open that door for you or, you know, go and get your oil changed. So I think that, you know, and and again, you mentioned something else that takes us back to where we talked a little bit last week about generational curses. It's just that mind state and why we are programmed to be um, such independent people to where we think there it's a weakness to be submissive or a weakness to be taken care of or a weakness to be loved or in and cherished and you know what I'm saying? Like in my mind that's not a weakness. But for some reason there's that mentality that that's that's where it is. And so I think that that's and just my opinion only, but I think that that's one of the things that turn off men in general, you know, just the fact that, you know what, you can't even let me open a door for you. You know, if you can't let me open a door for you, then then I know I ain't going to be able to provide for you. You see what I'm saying? Because you you going to want me at home washing dishes while you out making money, and, and that's just not going to work. Right. So it could be exposure. Right. So Michael says that, you know, the girls are out enjoying themselves and the white girls are and the, and the black girls have attitudes. It's a, so with exposure, when when a, when, a, when a guy reaches a certain level, a certain status, he has to 
go to corporate meetings or galas or what have you. And if this young lady, this young black lady, hasn't been exposed to this, he may not be confident that she's going to know how to conduct herself in such environments. But this young white girl whose family have been accustomed to this, and she's been doing this since it's been done, from mm-hmm. table etiquette to being able to hold conversations and be proper in public, that may be what they're, they migrate to because I'm going to need you not to embarrass me amongst my, my colleagues or my superiors or what have you. Right. That could Because I promise you, if we're at a table and you raise your hand, y'all ain't got no chillings, can I get some hot sauce? Yeah, that's going to be it right there. Period. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I can dig that, you know. Yeah. I mean, you have to be able to be a, a chameleon, so to speak, you know, adapt to, I mean, whatever environment that you're in. But, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, again, being steadfast in who you are and I guess the core being true to the core of who you are and where you come from, but yet being able to wear a different hat or put on a different face to to fulfill whatever event or to fulfill whatever is going on in that given moment. But, you know, though, it, to be honest with you, I think that's one of the mistakes is that, okay, let's just – use the two of you, okay, as the husband is progressing, you know, he's been exposed to different things, then now all of a sudden he gets to this to this point and now he you are, you know, he's at caviar level, you're at hot sauce level. And mm-hmm. the problem that I got with that is, you know, why can't it be that as he's maturing, you know, as he walked out of hot sauce level and walked into sardine level why couldn't he move you right along so that whenever he gets there, you've already arrived? You know, um, I'm from the country, and one of the things I found out is that, um, you know, you can try to, you know, my uncles used to sell pigs, and before they would sell the pigs, you wash them off, and you try to make them look, you know, pretty decent and load them on the truck and take them and you sell them, whatever, whatever. But the thing about it was if you, after you wash them, if you didn't put them on the truck immediately, if you left them there not even two minutes, they was going to find their way right back to the mud. That's just because that's who they are. And so what I'm saying about the husband and the wife, a lot of times this this said guy all of a sudden left the mud and, and, and now he's up there sitting down and rubbing elbows with the president, and now his wife's still down there in the mud. My question is why can't we bring her along with us? Why can't we still be steadfast? Why can't we still be, you know, um, who I'm supposed to be? I'm still her husband. I'm still that's still my wife. I I need to love her. And like like Sean said earlier, you know, the white black thing, whatever, whatever. That's just that's just something that came up in the class. But you know, uh, maybe it was already in you. Maybe that's what you wanted, you know, all along. You just didn't have a way to 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 attract it or whatever. I don't know, but bottom line is this. I don't believe that status should change who you are. 
Because when you talk about steadfast, you're talking about your integrity. You're talking about being faithful and uh, um, committed. And the one word I like about being steadfast is that you're true. That you're true. You're constant. You, it's. I mean, you're gonna be. Look, everywhere I go, I'm gonna be a black man. I am going to be a black man. Now you put a suit on me. I'm a black man. You put a tux on me. I'm a black man. You put money in my pocket. I'm gonna be a black man. Now, just because I'm black, I don't have to embarrass anybody, you know. But you know, I'm going to be a black man. And I think that that's part of the thing about being steadfast is remaining true to who God has ordained for you to be, you know, being who you're supposed to be, not getting somewhere and, you know, um, you getting there and then you trying to take hot sauce with you and hot sauce don't know anything about caviar. So I guess that's my question is, as as Sean gets to caviar level, why can't he bring Monica along with him? Why can't he, you know, as he learns different things, why can't he expose her to it? You know, why is it that he's got to go and uh, get a million dollars and then come back and get her? Why can't they just come along together? You know, why do we do that? Why do we separate um, the couple? Why do we, I mean, the Bible, I mean, it talks about the two shall be one. Why do we have to say, well, you go make the money and you come back now, okay? Well, Does that make sense? I think it, it goes does. back to, I'm sorry. It makes perfectly good sense. Um, uh, we we were talking this evening, and we realized that nothing we want will come as we want it if we don't be on one accord. We got to have the same energy until we have to um, move move together. And oftentimes, all those couples who who he have to when he have to double back or she have to double back, they won't last long because they will get tired of doubling back. Right? So I'm I first need to accept my wife before I need for anybody else can accept my wife. You know what I mean? So if my wife isn't isn't on, you know, the caviar, then she ain't on the caviar. At some point, because she trusts me, she will try the caviar. And, and in this quiet taste, you know what I mean? She may want the Hennessy instead of the champagne. That's her. Everybody has their choice. You don't have to adopt because to to fit in. Me personally, you know, I'm going to go the way I am because I'm the man that I am. I'm, God made me this way. I'm self-made to be this point. Take it what it is because with my T-shirt, my Pumas and my Levi's come my wallet. And if you don't want my T-shirts, you don't want my wallet. And all that is, is escorted by my cigar. If you don't, if we're not welcome as a team, then you don't want us there. And if you don't want us there, my family's not coming because we're a team. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to dress up because to, to appease you, I notice when you come to, to our business, on a Friday, we, we all wear shirt and ties. And the same people who don't speak to us Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Thursday, they will break their neck to speak to us on Friday, all because of a of an article of clothing that makes it more uh, more friendly or more professional or what have you. 
but me being me, that tie can come off. And I'm, that, I'm still that same whatever's in your head as I was the day before, and I'm going to be the day after. Don't let the tie fool you. Don't let whatever it is fool you because I am number one. I'm, I'm him. Believe that. But if it helps you feel better, what I have on glasses um, to make me seem less dominant or whatever it takes to appease you, you know, some nowadays people shaving their beards because they need to be more accepted in corporate America. Well, me, my beard is my bullshit uh, filter. If you're not man enough to come and approach me with the beard, that means that you wasn't man enough in the first place or your bullshit. You know your bullshit wouldn't be accepted. You know what I mean? So it all goes back to acceptance and exposure. You know what I mean? What you're, what you're accustomed to. Well, if I go, my wife can go. If my wife can't go, I don't need to be there because she's a part of me. And, and, and that's I think been... that, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think just to to add into that is, you know, like that. I also, as your wife, need to be like what what Pastor was saying a little bit earlier. You know, willing to walk with you with with t shirt and jeans and pumas. You know, I can't still be in biker short phase. You know, so as you grow, you know. I need to grow along with you. And I think that sometimes in marriages, well, I can't speak for everybody else, but for what I'm learning and like what my husband said, what what we're learning is in, in a marriage, in the unity of marriage, it's you, while you are still individual, physically, um, spiritually, you are one. And so when he leaves to go to work, you know, he physically leaves to go to work, and I physically, you know, separate from him to, to go to work. Um, but our spirits are still intertwined to thrive as one. So we have to put forth a conscious effort to have conversations about each other's day and grow from from that. You know, we have to grow together. But in order for me to go with him and vice versa, I have to be willing to grow and learn and evolve so that whatever plans God has for us, we can go together. You know, you don't have to leave me behind or you don't have to. Like if you need to put on a suit, then I can put on a dress and some heels and, and walk with you lock and step. You know what I mean? Versus... Mm-hmm. You saying, you know, well, 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 y'all can't accept my wife, and she like to wear biker shorts. That mean I'm not coming. No, we can go, you know, because I I can get in with the best of them just like you can, and we can we can go on and do that. But oftentimes in marriages, you may have one partner that is in their comfort zone, and they're not willing to step out of that to experience uh, another level of of or the next level, so to speak. So does that mean that that one partner who's not willing to evolve is holding the other one back? Because it seems like that would be the orphan that that relationship or that situation. Pastor? 
I would think so, but I'm letting leave that to the expert. <laughs> I'm far from an expert, but I will say this: <laughs> in marriage, uh, marriage requires um, flexibility. It really does on both sides, but you know you can uh, bend, but you should never break. In other words, you still got to remain steadfast. You got to, you know, I can't say, well, you know what. If I if I don't yield, then she's going to cut me off and put me in the doghouse. No, it's not going to be that way. Now, we can discuss this thing. We can come to an agreement, but, you know, you got to understand now, I should never stop being uh, a husband. I should never stop being a man. And that's what I meant about being steadfast. Okay, now I'm tempted to give up my values, my morals, all because, you know, He's going to withhold sex from me. No, I got to learn to be steadfast. When you know that you're standing for truth, you know you're standing for right, you know that's what's best for the family, you've got to be able to, um, you know, to stand. You got to be able to, you know, really compromise, help her, you know, to understand, help him to understand. Uh, Listen, you know, we're going somewhere, but we're going to go together. We're going to go as a family. And when you go out, you're not only representing yourself, but you're representing me. You're representing marriage, and preferably you're representing God. So we got to go out and make sure things are being done, as the Bible says, decent and in order. So when it comes to this um, being steadfast, we have to be steadfast in marriage. We have to be steadfast. You know, um, I want my family to be debt free. Okay, in order to get there, uh, we got a little budget. All right, that's great, but everybody's got to, you know, everybody's got to be steadfast when it comes to that. You know, if, if we set a goal and said, you know, uh, we can only spend this amount of dollars, you know, eating out or this amount of dollars on entertainment or whatever, then we got to stay, we got to be steadfast with that. And whatever you're steadfast on or in, if it's the right thing, you'll be successful at. So I guess my question is. For Sean and for Monica, what is it that, that that causes you to to be steadfast? What keeps you from selling out? I mean, could you do like Chick-fil-A and say, hey, uh, look, man, I don't care if it's the Super Bowl. I don't care if I got a restaurant in here. I'm not selling out. I mean, Sean, is it the ring on your finger that says, wow, I, I, I really would hit on her, but this ring right here, Tells me that I'm committed to someone. What is it that What is it that keeps us steadfast? What is it that causes us to do the right thing? You're gonna do the right thing regardless. The ring, the ring is there's nothing more than that. Um, the ring doesn't doesn't represent your marriage. The ring is is a ring. You know your marriage. Your obligation is what makes you married. Your commitment is what makes you married. That's your constant reminder. It has nothing to do with the ring that's on my finger at all. My wife is the ring that matters. Our commitment to God is the ring that matters. This jewelry that's on me is nothing more than that. Granted, you know, it was a pretty penny, so why not wear it? But 
is, is not about <laughs> that because even when I'm asleep, you know, with no ring on, I'm still married. Right. I would I would agree with that. I think that what keeps me steadfast is, you know, the commitment that we both made to to God and to each other, which obviously trickles down to our family. Um, like you said, you know, when when we're out here, not only do we represent self, we represent God and our family. So you know, I'm not, I've never been the one to make anybody else look like a fool. Um, so, you know, just that alone keeps me steadfast. Now, not only do we represent when we step out every day, we represent God and, and our family, but Pastor, you being in Carolina, and I'm in Georgia, I still represent for you because it seems as though as a black man, we have to represent for the entire race, right? When I walk in someplace and they greet me with sir or mister, the young brother who's walking around with his pants down, they don't represent them the same. Now, when they go in before me, they're going to treat me like they treat him. And that's the moment that I stop and say, no, nah, you're not going to do that. You're going to respect me as a man, period. And I will walk out of that business. I will not, if you don't give me the proper green that I feel as though I deserve or the respect that I deserve, I won't patronize. And I don't care whose business or whose establishment it is because I'm not willing to compromise who I am. I know who I am, and you will respect me as such, because once again, my wallet comes with me, and I control my wallet. So in other words, basically, in a nutshell, we need to understand that being steadfast is not a color. In other words, just because I am black, I don't have to quote-unquote act black. You know, and the world labels us and says that, you know, the clothing we wear, that's that's urban or that's ghetto or that's hood or that's whatever, whatever, whatever. And a certain type of uh, decision or certain actions goes along with that. And so I think we do need to understand that, you know, being steadfast, you know, the color of my skin shouldn't dictate my intelligence. It shouldn't dictate my actions or anything like that. Because, again, you, you're you in Georgia. I'm in Carolina. So, like you said, when I go in a place, okay, the way I carry myself may determine how my boys are treated. But Absolutely. likewise, flip the script, you know, uh, the way that my boys act may determine how they treat me when I go in. So, you know, uh, the first thing I think we got to do is clean up our own house, man. You know, you know what I'm saying? We got to clean up. We got to clean up our house. You know, um, you know, you know way more about the hair industry than I do. But one of the things in Carolina that's real big right now is the, um, the, 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 I don't know what you call the sponge look or whatever it is, the hair going everywhere, the buckwheat look, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I don't have the, I don't know the name for it or whatever, but they want that. They want that. And, um, one of my sons, 
asked me about it. I said, okay, now let me help you understand something. There's something that comes along with that. There's mm-hmm. there's 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 a, there's, a, there's there's an image that comes along with it. There's there's uh, there's you're going to be treated treated differently. I know you're intelligent. I know that you are uh, an humble person. I know that you wouldn't hurt anybody. But when you walk in the store, you can walk in there with a closely cropped hair, neatly dressed, and they will treat you one way. But when you come in there with spikes and whatever it is on your head like that, they're going to treat you another way. How do you want to be treated? And his question was, why does it even matter? I'm the same person. And I can't get him to understand, yeah, you are the same person, but that's not how the world is structured. So we got to do a better job in our own house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got to do a better job in our own house to understand, okay, we got to be steadfast. Um, so, what does being uh, African American look like? Does it? Am I supposed to walk around with a bone in my nose? Am I supposed to walk around, you know, speaking ebonics or or whatever? What 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 is it? What 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 is it? it I mean, I I think that's a, a steadfast black man, Monica. To you, what what does that mean to you? <laughs> you got to be uh, careful. <laughs> I know. Goodness. Um, I think, unfortunately, a steadfast black man, to me, looks like my husband. It looks like my son. It looks like you. It looks like my dad. Just a, a man who is first and foremost committed to to serving God and, and displaying and acting and being and doing and living by the word first and foremost. Everything else doesn't matter. But I only say that because, you know, I've experienced enough life to be able to understand that there's a difference. Um, and for me and my husband and I, we had a conversation about this just a couple of weeks ago, you know, about the, about color. And, and we talk about it all the time in our household because we understand where we are. Um, so when I approach a situation, I don't approach a situation and look at someone and deal with them as if they are any different from my brother or my sister. I deal with, you know, a white female and a white male the same as I would a black female and a, and a, and a black male until they make my color an issue. I don't know if that makes sense. So for me, race is not an issue until you've made it an issue. And when they make it an issue, then that's when, you know, me dealing with them changes a little bit. Not hostile, but it's, it's like, okay, I, I know where I stand and I know how I have to approach this situation now. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. For me, uh, <laughs> when you can, you can read someone's, someone's tone, you can tell when when um, they have an issue. Now, race 
I'm not gonna allow you to use the race card, right? Because that's your issue. That's not my issue. My son was like, Dad, what happened if you have a racist teacher? I said, What does it have to do with you? They ain't got nothing to do with you. That's their problem. You know, and, and you move forward. We, we can't let society tell us who we are or dictate. We have to know who we are. We was taught who we are. It was said to us who we are. And that's biblically, right? So once you, and, and, it, and science will even, even back that up. And normally the Bible and science conflicts. But science will also back up who you are. But we don't want to accept that. We want to except what society tells us who we are. They want to say, you know what, you're an African-American. Well, um, you, your people, your ancestors migrated or were slaves and was brought over here in that 23rd, umpteen centuries ago or, or generations ago. And I'm like, nah, I'm an American. I'm an American just like you. And you will accept that and deal with that. You may not like it. I don't give a shit. That's your issue. But you will respect me as such. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to let you, you you say, well, because my hair is kinky or or my naps has been manufactured, um, I'm less than respectful or respectable because I don't look like you. And they will frown upon this because being in hair as long as I have been, that's the only hairstyle that they can't take from us. So when that revelation came to me, yo, my son, you can sponge it up. Do your thing. Let them be mad that they can't take the style. They can take and the rabbit. They can take the sagging pants. They can take everything else. They can take dreads. They can take braids and wings, but they can't take that twist. Right. And I think it's do. part of it. It's important. Sorry, husband, but just to piggyback off what you said right there. It's important to sometimes um, rise up against those stereotypes. And, and because we know that we're teaching our children better, you know, it, it's, it's okay to let them, you know what, you can wear the sponge, like my husband said, because just because you wear it don't mean that you're going to be that one that, that they see on TV acting like that, you know, because it only takes one person to change, to, you know, like to, to spark a change or change someone's thought process. Why do I have to look like you for you to accept me? Mm-hmm. Right? I, I, I don't, being in the military, race wasn't an issue. You know, you trust your lives with people from all different walks, all different places, with all different mentalities. And we don't look alike. You know what I mean? So why is it that in society I have to have a clean shaven face and um, wear a pompadour or what have you in order for you to deem me intelligent or respectful or a non-threat? You know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I carry myself the way I carry myself. You feel threatened because you're a bitch. I'm sorry to put it that way, but that's that's your issue. That's not my issue. So when I walk in and still shaking hands and smiling and well, I me mean, not really smiling, but shaking hands and 
and kissing babies, and everybody's oh, that's cute. Yeah, I'm number one. So that's how I conduct myself because when my wife come in as one A and my son come in as one B and so on and so forth, we are still that family of number one. And we're still going to conduct ourselves as such, and we want you to respect us as such. When we sit down, you know, we, we're at our table. We're not yelling and having food fights and all this because that's not what we do. So I'm going to need your, your service to be the same level as it is with everyone else. And don't look at how my son have his hair or how long my beard is or or anything because we're still paying patrons. And, and most of all, you know, like it's I don't it's it's amazing how the world changes and, and passages let me say this and I'll give it right back to you, but you know, we have two we have a teenager and then we have these two younger ones and take the babies with me to the grocery store and different places like that. And and people are asking, are they always this good? And I'm looking like, yeah, usually they are. I mean, you know, like why wouldn't they be? That's how, that's my thought process, you know. And like the husband said, we go out to dinner and it's, oh, your children, they, they are so great and they're so cute and they love Nico's cheeks and Mason's eyelashes and, you know, you get compliments left and right. But then... You know, these, these kids become you, and they become the husband, and they become grown black men. And the same ladies who loved on them and kissed on their cheeks as babies are standing in the elevator next to them clenching their purse. Because now you went from, from being these little cute, little lovable black babies to a black man. And now instead of me loving on you, I fear you because I think now you're going to hurt me, you know? So how, what can you do? What, how do we change that? Well, how we do can't. we impact that? We, we can't because it's, they're carrying on from what they see on television, what they hear from their grandparents or what have you. Um, the white man they're jealous of us. They they want to be have the strength. They want to have that no nonsense, but that's just not in their makeup, you know. So the white men fear us or jealous of us, and the white women want to be with us, you know. Back to our earlier conversation, it's nothing that we can control. It's nothing that we can. I'm not in the business to go out and change someone's mind. That's you. However jacked up it may be, that's you. All I'm going to do is represent because that's what I must do for whom I must represent for. I got to stay, stay, stay strong and faithful to my mission, not let the, the devil or anyone else waver me. You know, like the pastor said, you know, the turntable might wobble, but it don't fall down. You know, I'm going to be strong because it is imperative that this mission get completed. And we may say, you know what, now nah, I'm not going to do this because he looked at me funny or he, his tone wasn't right. Nah, screw that. Press forward, get this mission done, and then you go home with whatever rewards that God has for you. 
Pastor, you were going to say something. Uh, yeah, this is a couple of things that just comes to to mind with me. One, um, I've 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 seen Sean on the job. You know, I've seen him at work. I've seen him at you know around the house. I've seen him in a restaurant. Um, you know, I've seen him in casual settings, and I've seen him with a, I guess you would say a tuxedo on or a marriage garb, whatever you want to call it, and Regardless of what he had on, our conversation was still the same. We had a different responsibility. We did what we had to do, but he was still the same guy. I never felt threatened. I never felt that I had to, you know, change the way I talked to him based off of what he had on. And 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 I want to compliment him because usually, uh, oftentimes, we, we allow what we have on or what environment we're in to change who we are. And if you're going to be steadfast, you got to be the same no matter what, no matter what. And so I've thought about that. And the other thing that I thought about was the fact that, you know, in my line of work, if you will, in what I do, I am pastor. Um, I teach a class every Wednesday. So I'm uh, instructor. I am father. I am husband, I am son, I am nephew, I am all these things. I mean, you know, I can name probably 10, 12 things that that I am, but the truth be told, I'm really none of those. All of those are my responsibilities, but I am a black man. I'm the person God made me. And so regardless to what my responsibilities are, regardless to what I'm called to do, I do it as a black man, you know, um, you know, just because uh, when my wife calls me, you know, by my first name, I still answer her. Uh, in the church, when they say pastor, I still answer them. I don't, I, 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 I don't have to go out of my way to be something that I'm not. You know, I just have to fulfill my responsibilities, and so, and that's what I was trying to teach my son. Now he has the sponge thing. I've got three sons, and it's it's ironic. The oldest one is. Mr. GQ Smooth, he's gonna he's gonna keep his stuff tight. He he's not gonna have a speck of dirt on him. That's how he rolls. That's how he carries himself. And I'm not against that. I think he's you know do your thing, man. Do your thing. Don't let it cause you to be reserved and all of that. He's a college graduate. You know, do your thing. But guess what? He also wears a beard. Okay. Well, it looks like it's out of character for him. But that's him. He's more comfortable. With the beard, okay. Now I got a, uh, a he's twenty four. I got another one that's uh, soon to be twenty, and he has the sponge. He's in college right now, and he goes everywhere. He's a communication major. He has to get up in front of everybody and speak. He speaks with intelligence. Um, he gets in a whole lot more than his brother, but that's who he is, you know. Uh, and, and now I got a middle son that's fifteen, soon to be fifteen. Now. The problem that I have with him is he's between the two, and whichever one he spends the most time with, that's the direction he wants to go in. Uh, he's always had that close crop, neat cut, but then when my uh, middle son came home, I mean, when my other son came home, what happened was he was like, well, he spent enough time with him with the sponge look, and now he wants to go to that. 
And so what I'm saying is we're easily influenced, but the reason I bring it up is that's three different kids carry themselves three different ways. But let me tell you something. All three of them are my sons. I love every one of them the same, all of them. And, and so it doesn't matter, you know, um, how they look. And I do respect the fact that, you know, when in Rome, you got to do it to Romans. You know, when I go to a black tie affair, you know, I, we got to put on black tie. But that I don't tell my other son, look, you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to change that hair to go here. No. And I'm like, Sean, okay, if, if he can't go, then we can't go. That's just all there is to it because, um, you know, sometimes you do have to make a stand, but at the same time, you just got to know that what comes along with, you know, I guess you would say being steadfast, you know, if that makes any sense. So I said a whole lot in, <laughs> in a short period of time, but I appreciate Sean being who he is. Regardless of what setting I've seen him in, um, it bothers me that we can we can talk, you know, we can have an intelligent conversation, you know, we can laugh in the shop, you know, but then when we get ready to, you know, go to dinner, I got to stick my pinky out. Nah, nah, we can talk intelligent, we can, but we can still kick it, we can still laugh and have a good time. And so I think a lot of times when we talk about being steadfast, um, too many folk are, are 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 shady. They they they, you know, as Monica said earlier, they kind of like a comedian. I guess you would say they change with the environment, and we got to stop doing that. You know, um, in the Bible, Jesus was Jesus everywhere he went. He wasn't. I mean, it wasn't like, okay, well, uh, no, nah, I, I am not doing that. And you know, he changed to be somebody else. He was who he was. And that's what we've got to do, y'all. We got to do that, and we don't have to change to make people comfortable. We just don't, because as Sean said, they may have the problem, but maybe if we'll stand, maybe they'll we'll see our intelligence. You know, maybe you know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a good subject, but it's a, somewhat of a confusing subject because it seems like you know we may be missing out on some opportunities based off of the way, you know, our appearance or whatever, whatever. But, you know, you don't have to be ignorant just because you got the sponge look. You know, I man, please, my son goes with me everywhere. And listen, check this out. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like the look, but that it works for him. That's what he chooses to do. And I'm like, do your thing, man. Do your thing. Do your thing. So, um Again, that that's that's steadfast. That's what I had to explain to him. Understand what comes with this, but please understand. Don't let your hair change who you are. You continue to be that intelligent, humble uh, uh, man that uh, you know that I've done my best to raise you up to be. And to this point, you know, is is I thank God for it. I really thank God for it because it's amazing when he stands up to speak. They expect him to, what's up, y'all? Uh, y'all know what I'm saying? You know, that's not how the brother talks. That's just not him, you know. It, it's not. And so a lot of times um, they'll say, as Monica was saying, oh, your son was so well-spoken. And my thing is, did you expect him to be anything else? I mean, you know, what, what, 
what was that supposed to mean? Now all of a sudden, I'm getting wind in my jaws. What do you mean my son is well-spoken? Did you expect him to come up here not making a verb and noun agree? What, you know, what's the deal with it? So we're in this society, y'all, but we don't have to be moved by it. We don't have to get to the point where, uh, you know, every wind that blow, every wind that blows, we're changing because folk are uncomfortable. We can be who we are, but we got to make sure we know who we are. That's really Absolutely. important. You know, you you mentioned something, um, and we kind of touched on it earlier. When 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 you when you step out, oftentimes it may be in our head. The situation may not even be that way. But we see it that way, and we're looking for every excuse to run from that situation or from that environment. You know, and, and it may be walking, but because we're not, we haven't been exposed to it as 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 youth or um, in our earlier years. So we're uncomfortable. So the first time, you know, we walk through the door and everybody look at us, it's like, oh, we're not welcome here. You know what I mean? I mean, personally. Like you said, Pastor, now, what you don't realize is that my pinky's out, even at the shop. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> my, my, my pinky's going to be up because I, I believe that um, as I've evolved, that's who I am, and I'm comfortable there, regardless of how anyone may take it, you know, because I can still slap their spades down and, and slap the dominoes down. I can still sip the Hennessy and mix them with the best. Or I can go over and have that intellectual conversation with anyone, and is and I and I say that to say because early I was walking with my son, and this little skinny white lady stopped to converse with me, and she wasn't intimidated, she wasn't scared, she wasn't anything. You know what I mean? She went out of her way to speak to me. And here I am, you know, bearded black guy, bald, walking down the street, you know, sweatpants, black hoodie. And she wasn't trying to see, you know, fill me out. She was just speaking because it was the the human thing to do. And we sat there and conversed for about 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Now, stuff like that, society may not uh, condone or may not even smile upon, but the humans in society don't see a problem with it as they should because you have two humans regardless of the hue of their skin conversing as it should be right we're neighbors so we should be able to have a conversation my wife should be able to walk you know or sit at a game and the people next to us shouldn't clinch their purse, you know. And when I see stuff like that, me personally, I laugh because nine times out of ten, I have more in my pocket than you have in your purse. You know what I mean? So don't judge, don't try to judge the book by its cover because you you won't see the blessing in there. And when dealing with us, it is a blessing. You may not realize it at the moment because you're too caught up in our appearance or the color of our skin or the hue of our skin, excuse me, to realize that we can help ease your mind when dealing with other 
black individuals. You know what I mean? Because we're articulate, we're intelligent, we are respectful, we're respectable. That makes sense? It makes complete yeah. sense to me. I mean, it's it's that's I mean, it's that's as clear as it needs to be. Um, and and it's I don't know. We are. I I, I don't know. I, I I guess it bothers me to see um, our folk, the ones that their their skin's been kissed by the sun. It bothers me to to. You know, it goes back to our identity, I guess you would say. Uh, in the area that I live in, it's a, what's considered as a Title I area for the Carolinas, meaning that it's a somewhat of an impoverished area. So um, everybody gets free lunch, um, and a lot of times the only way that they see a way out is, you know, when they watch the videos or when they see someone – bouncing a basketball or running a football. And, you know, I, I'm not going to complain about it because basically that's why I have a job. I'm here to try and convince folk, look, listen, if you're true to who you are, if you're true to God and you're true to yourself and you're true to, you know, to to to, to your craft, whatever your craft, your gift is, you know, you can get out of here. You can get out of here, or you can make something here if you if need, if you need be. But it's hard doing that here because um, society, everything around them says you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. where you guys are. You know, they are opportunities, and sometimes, unfortunately, and this is going to cause the, the 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 board to light up. Unfortunately, sometimes we got to get away from us in order to be who we're supposed to be. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense, sometimes we're sense. holding ourselves. One of the one of the one of the best things to do sometimes is to get away from your own family. You need to get mm-hmm. away from the naysayers. You need to, you know, you can't. He, he, okay, if everybody I'm around right now tells me what I cannot do, they tell me you're gonna work at the factory just like. I did. You you're not gonna have anything. You know, you you're gonna be sorry just like your big head daddy, whatever, whatever. But then when I talk to you, when I talk to Monica, when I talk to the young lady that was on here a few weeks ago and I listen to them, it causes me to dream. It causes me to say, Yes I can. I can do this. I can do this. And so when I asked the question earlier about what what keeps me steadfast, you know, and you was you were saying the ring doesn't do it or whatever the the company that I keep that keeps me steadfast. That you know, if 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 I'm around dreamers, I'm gonna dream. If I'm around, you know, um, uh, these 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 crab-minded people, then that's that's the only thing I'll ever have. The Bible says it best. He says, if you around um, uh, wise people, you'll become wise. But if you're around fools, then you fill in the blank. You're gonna become a fool. And and that's what we got to do, y'all. I, I'm not saying run from our race, but I'm saying in order to be uh, who you're supposed to be, you got to be steadfast in the company that you keep. You cannot keep hanging around negative people and expect to have a positive mindset. We got to make sure that we understand, you know, steadfast may require you to, to relocate. It may cause you to, to check your 
uh, contacts and say, okay, why do I have them in here? Is that a crab or is that somebody that's going to help me rise and be my best? Is that someone going to hold me accountable or someone that's just going to say, girl, I'm tired just like you? You know, and so this steadfast thing is is a really deep subject because you can get stuck. You can get, you know, there's two things, Sean. There's, there's a, you know, some people think they're in a groove, but in reality they're in a rut. It's the same lane, but you you you'll be surprised that rut will wear your tires out. It'll it's wear your tires out and will throw you over in a, in a ditch. But if you're in a groove, come on, man. At a old song, we're riding on the groove line. That's what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. And we, we gotta we gotta be steadfast, man. We gotta find out who we are, and we gotta live that life. We gotta go for it. We gotta stop letting society dictate what we do and uh, what we can have and where we can go and all these things. Get around some dreamers. Get around somebody that wants to go somewhere. You know, it's it's funny because I live in in the opposite side of um, the situation that you were mentioning earlier, as far as the title right. And we go to the store and. People look at us like, you know, black folks look at us like, what you doing out here? You know what I mean? And as though they're supposed to be the only one who, you know, uh, can come up, if you will. And and it's funny. Like, they, they won't speak to you. They're going to look at you with that puzzled look, like, how you got here? You know, like, I closed the gate behind me. You should not supposed to have gotten in. And it, it, it lasts. I laugh because, to me, just with that mindset, you're a clown, right? But also, you mentioned uh, as far as, you know, um, like-minded. For for me, I believe truly that the color of your skin or the hue of your skin doesn't matter. That's not what will make us be, will build a relationship. It's your mentality. You know what I mean? Because just because you, we both have dark, complected skin, don't don't make you my brother. Because you you out here with the riffraff, and my priorities is different than yours. It's not likely that we're gonna hang out. But that that white guy who has a family, who um, has a business, who have a lot to lose, we can go out, stand out, and smoke a cigar and. We're going to go in at a reasonable hour because we have families to get home to. That's who I need to be around. That's who I'm going to want to be around because, you know, we're not out looking for trouble. You know what I mean? I have a a question. When when you think about being steadfast, and when I think about being steadfast, I also kind of think about, having, being steadfast, but yet having a balance, like being able to be who you are and be strong in who you are and not conform to the opinions of others, but also being confident and strong in who you are to be able to converse and reach others. Does that make sense? Like for some reason it popped up in my mind where, where you have, you know, you're you're in a church and you have different types of people. You got your church folk, you know, you got your street folk, you got, you know, you have different types of people in the church. And 
oftentimes church folk get so steadfast in who they are or who they think they are that they forget how to relate to those of us who are still sinners and still daily sinning and and praying and finding our way um, in the Word. You know, church folk don't know how to tell us how to get to where they are. Um, they just they just look at us and kind of turn their nose up because we're not where they are. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I think oftentimes they're afraid to relate to you because it's going to expose them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're not true to who you are. You you wasn't always you know. Um, in church every Friday night at Bible study, you know, or choir rehearsal or have you, before you was in the club. So don't look down on me because I'm still in the club, you know what I mean, until I get there, until God put my heart that, you know, there's something different. Don't look down on me. You can't, don't, you can't judge me. I can, I mean, I can care less about what you think. You know what I mean? It's when you start trying to make me uncomfortable. Now, I'm going to be steadfast with who I am. At this point, you probably want to call it stubborn. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to call you on it. And I'm going to let you know, like, damn, you know, you was just in the trap the other night, and now you want to hit in here and look down on me, and you want to lay hands on people? Come on. You're no different than me. You're no different than me. In fact, your daughter out there or your sons out there, because, shit, they were standing next to me. So don't forget where you've come from because I'm I'm that ego assassin. I will, I will humble you, period. So, and that may so not be my job. You, can you be steadfast but yet have the ability to – be relatable and not necessarily change or alter who you are, but kind of tap into who you used to be at one point to help someone else come along. That's a, that's, that's our responsibility. You know, okay. I, I, it bothers me, you know, whenever I see the image that the church portrays and gives out, you know, because the the truth of the matter is, you know, um, we got to be truthful. We got to be honest, you know, and, and there's no levels of salvation where you're more saved than I am. You, you're, 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 you got God's ear and I don't have God's ear. Forget all that stuff. You know, once you decide you're going to be a follower of Christ, this is what it says, it talks about, this is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed mm-hmm. by the renewing of your mind. In other words, you stand strong, but then also not just stand strong and be steadfast, but then renew your mind. Renew your mind on a daily basis. Don't don't forget where you come from. Don't forget where you're trying to go. Don't forget that there are people now in the same position that you were in you know, a few years ago. Don't don't forget. Renew your mind. Don't get so stuck 
in your ways to where uh, nobody can do anything right unless they're doing it exactly like you, you know. And sometimes that's what happens, you know. Uh, we'll tell folks, you know, I, a lot of the women in the church will tell young young girls, you need to pull your skirt down and you need to pull your top up. You don't show yourself like that and you need to stop having the, all this sex and all this. Well, you know, I don't mean any harm, but... It wasn't but a few years ago you were doing the same thing, you know. Right. Check my birth certificate, you know. Uh, you got married in, you know, whatever year, and I was born two years before that. So, you know, the best thing you could do for me is tell me, listen, the reason I'm telling you to do this is because I made that mistake and I had to pay for it, and I don't want you to do the same thing. And so the church has a black eye because we gave it a black eye. The church has a black eye because all of a sudden we went from hot sauce and now we act like all we know is caviar. Come on now. And and, and that's not the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that that's what I'm saying, you know, right there. And so whenever we're acting like all we've ever had and all we can ever eat is caviar, then whenever Sister Hot Sauce come in the church, you know, we run her off. And, well, you know, that. That's not good, man. That's not well, good. See, that, that's not that's not steadfast. You know that is actually the opposite because that's hypocritical. When you are very much so. Very much so. When, when you are are steadfast, you know um, you are true to yourself. You're loyal. You're faithful. You're committed. You're devoted. Dedicated to yourself. And if if you are a follower of Christ then you are loyal to his ways and his teachings. And that's what what you're running Sister Hot Sauce off or what have you, you know, that's not Christ-like. You know what I mean? You're supposed to be, be firm, firm in those beliefs. You have to be steady in, in those teachings and, 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 and all that. You know what I mean? It's okay to evolve, but you still know you. You're still true to you to the core. You know what I mean? You may not do the things you used to do, but you are the person that you used to be. You just do things differently. Because you're yes. 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 You're exactly. Listen, nobody in the church has forgotten how to cuss. You understand what I'm saying? We still know how to cuss, all right? And instead of going in the church and yelling and shouting, the things I used to do, I don't do no more. You better go in there and say the things I used to do, I don't do as much of because we're I'm all evolved. Try not to do it no more. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing my best, but you know that cuss is on the end of my tongue right now. It's about to come on. You know, we 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 just got to be real. And again, we should fight that good fight of faith. We should, you know, try to live a life that's you know, uh, shows that we've been changed and transformed, but we should never forget where we come from, you know. And, again, being steadfast means, you know what, if you come in this church with a tuxedo on, I'm going to hug you. You come in there with a pair of sweats on, I'm still going to hug you. I mean, you know, I got folk that literally there's uh, a, a big side of our church is, it's got paved parking, lines drawn. It's nice. They love the park there. But I've got one lady 
that if she drives up to that church and she can't park on that side because it's full, we've got a side over there that's not paved, an area that's not paved. She will not park on that dirt. Well, okay, now you just told me a whole lot about you. Mm-hmm. You just you just gave the testimony. God blessed you with the car, and oh my God, you know God did this, and He answered my prayer, and all of this. But you can only park on the pavement. Come on now, what's that all about? And and, and so we've done a bad job, and I, I apologize for the church, but you know we just got to do the right thing, you know, and not just the church, but in the street as well. We got to be real. We got to be real. Mm-hmm. We got to be, right. you know, who we're supposed to be. Oftentimes, you know, we forgot, you know, only a few months before getting that car, we were walking and we walked in the dirt. We walked in the mud. We walked in the grass. We walked where we had to get to through whatever we had to walk through to get to our destination. But now that we've mm-hmm. been blessed with this, this car, we held it to a, a greater standard. And that's only. Uh, a trinket as well, you know, just like the ring, you, you've forgotten, you sold out, you only got this because of your, it was a test, you know, to see what you're going to, what you're going to um, swerve or unyield, you know, to who you were. And now you have. So this car better last you for the rest of your life because God may not bless you with anything else. <laughs> I'm sure it says something yeah. about being steward over the small stuff and you know yeah. all that good stuff that you know better than I do but it all comes yes, back to being true to who you are you know I'm remember I'm a very vengeful person and I had a guy who kind of crossed me and the next week he came in he was like yo um, I needed my daughter needed a jacket you know I had one on I took it off and gave it to him I think that killed him more than me saying, you know what, screw you. Remember last time you crossed me? We'll turn the third. I killed him with kindness. Yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. I killed him with kindness. And that's because that's who I am. Remember, I am vengeful. I'm going to get you. I didn't. I never said how was <laughs> I was going to get you. I can, I can kill you and put you in misery, but then I'm not letting God be done because He's going to want you to see me rise. He's going to want you to see my success. He's going to want you to see all this because that would do more harm or more damage to you or, or give you that realization much faster than me physically harming you. Because if I physically harm you, I'm no better than you are, or whatever the situation may be. So that goes back to a previous call and what we've got to do. We talked about you know, throwing that last lick. And so I pray that somebody is listening now. You know what? If if you do have to get the last lick, guess what? Let that lick be love. You killed them with kindness. If you're going to do that, if you got to get the last lick, let it be with love. That way what you've done, you've represented God, you've represented yourself well, and now they got to look at you in a whole different light because uh, they weren't expecting that. And now... Uh, it may help change who they are. And so maybe we left that too wide open, you know, some time ago on the call. So, you know, uh, the brother told you, you know what, I'm going to get the last week. I'm going to get you. But he never said how. And that's how we have to end, um, you know, close things out. I'm going to get you. But when I do get you, 
you know what? It's going to be memorable. It's going to hurt you, but it's going to help you. And that's what it's all about right there, you know, um, because like you said, when you give a lick any other way, you just reduced yourself. Matter of fact, I'd say you you took yourself lower than the one you were fighting with. So that's what we got to do, y'all. On these calls, they got to be some answers somewhere. So that little conversation we had about throwing the last lick, my brother, my sister, whoever's listening to this, regardless of who you are, if you feel like I got to have the last say-so, I got to throw the last lick, let it be with love. Let it be you know, with something that's lasting. Absolutely. You know, um, we used to have this thing, you know, when I was young, sticks and stones, they break my bones. Well, they forgot the part about the words. Words would have and cause a more lasting effect. Uh, it would cause you to counsel. So Man. me having to get the last lick is, is you know, that heal. That bruise will heal. But that, those words that I, I impart upon you will go so much further, so much further. And on that will go further. You know, I didn't stoop to that level um, for, for whatever reason. Maybe I didn't do it because, you know, my kids was watching, my wife was watching, or whoever was there. I had to conduct myself as the king that I am. But after I check you the way that a man must, then that respect will be um, mandated, you know, when when you see me again, you know, it's going to be, you know, hello, sir, or in a handshake or, or mister with a handshake because you know that I know that it could have went totally left and you respect the fact that it didn't go the way that you anticipated it because you saw one thing, but it was really another way. Wow. We have, we have three minutes. Um, so we're going to sum it up and we're going to close in prayer like we do. At the end of the day, steadfast is, is the hardest thing to do because you don't want to ever compromise who you are or forget what you're taught. But at the same time, you still want to evolve. And when you evolve, you want your environment to evolve with you because you don't want to be the only one eating caviar because the table is so lonely when you're eating caviar and everybody eating hot sauce and sardines. So evolution is mandatory if you're going to be true to yourself and steadfast in the word of God. Please close us out in prayer. Yes, sir. Lord, thank you so much for uh, the discussion on tonight. I pray that it penetrated someone's heart. I pray that it um, shook up someone's mind. I pray that it uh, caused all of us to uh, think on another level and to understand, you know what, I don't have to look down on anybody or up to anybody because uh, the truth be told, I just got to be steadfast in who God created me to be. I pray, God, that this call can remain as is. We're not looking for tremendous numbers. We're looking for change. And so, God, I pray that it will do just what it's designed to do. For the folk that's listening tonight, listen, my brothers and sisters, lift your head. God still loves you. 
And no matter what you've done, God forgives. He allows you turns. And uh, I promise you, everything's going to be all right. You be steadfast. I know you're struggling with the relationship or struggling financially, but if you remain steadfast, everything's going to work out. God bless this line. Bless everybody on this line. Bless everybody that's listening to this. And, God, may you get glory out of this, and may you keep your hand upon all of us. Thank you, Lord. I pray this, I believe this, and I thank you for this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you, Pastor. You know, I love you like a brother, and I thank you for your support. I thank you for all your input. You have blessed myself. You've blessed my family. And we know it's all through God. Where I thank you, that child that my mother um, should have gave birth to, but she didn't. (laughs) But I love you all the same. Wife, I love you. Wow. For your support. We're going to end this call tonight and we will resume next week, regardless of technical difficulties. They can't stop this movie. <laughs> Thank y'all very much. And I love both of you. Good night. All right. Good, good night. night.